So obviously we're doing something a little bit different uh, today. This is like one of the first times and could be one of the last times in a long time that we have all four pastors here uh, right now. Um, so what's going on is a week from today, like we already announced, uh, Lapine, the door in Lapine is starting. We're going to be meeting in a gymnasium um, in the community center so that there's room to, uh, to grow and stretch out and invite neighbors and invite coworkers. Um, me and Chad, Pastor Chad, are, are basically going to be down there at this point for a, for a while, um, just trying to take care of business and preach the gospel. And these two are the two that you're going to be stuck with for for a while, which I think which I think is, yeah, yeah. You guys are getting the better end of the deal. So, um, also we do I just just. Before we get started, I've had like a lot of like, there's a, a reason I wore this. I've had a lot of like you coming up going like, what is that? Like, where did you get that? And so like we have um, some new apparel uh, that's coming uh, because we like apparel. It's, it's one of the great ways that we walk out into this world and have discussions with people. This one we're calling the come and die shirt, even though it doesn't say come and die. And it, for those of you who can't see it, it's got the skeleton reaching for the door, which is? Jesus, and then a man walking out like on two legs. And so we're calling this the come and live shirt. Did I say come and die or come and live? This is the come and live shirt. Sorry. I should not be emceeing this today because I didn't even show up on time to our little deal. So uh, this is we're calling the come and live shirt. We have other shirts coming that are actually that say come and die which is a whole other great discussion in and of itself. Um, we also are getting the pastoral general warning done to go on shirts. And that one, that one is more for you than for them. That's, a, that's an inside joke, and, uh, but we know you'll wear it proud. So, yeah. So anyway, some of that's going to be coming. And it's, it's really cool. We get these weird ideas in our heads like, this would be cool. And then, and then our man Jordan back there like, makes it actually happen. So he does a great job with graphics and all that. So. Just by the way, those are, they're all meant to be conversation starters. So when somebody in the community walks up and sees that you can be off and running if you're, if you're willing. So take advantage of it. Okay. Um, we're going to do kind of a panel today. So this will be kind of part sermon, part discussion, part informational, um, part celebratory, uh, because this is really a commission week. Do you guys know what, what it means to commission? Uh, it, it, I don't want to answer it myself. Is it, yeah, it, it means to send. You guys are sending a group of people um, kind of into a, an unknown scenario um, next week uh, that are yours. You know, we're going to do something that, um, quite honestly, we have no idea how it's going to go. We don't know who's going to show up or if anybody's going to show up or or anything, but but we, we trust God. We're, we're stepping out in this. Um, we're, we're trying to believe our Bibles you know, by doing something like this. Um, it's easier to sit still, uh, to stick with what's familiar, um, and to build that up. Um, it's definitely harder to, to take a risk. Uh, going and doing this, splitting off, is not a convenience for you guys, I know, and it's not a convenience for us either. Uh, there's, there's nothing in it for us other than seeing God glorified in an area where he currently isn't. And so that, that is the heart. That's why we're doing this, um, is is to see God glorified um, and and to reach as far as we can. We believe our Bibles tell us that we're not here 
the church to go as high as we can. We're here to reach as far as we can. That's what everything we've been saying in the book of Acts too. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a, uh, something that Jesus said today, and then we're just going to have a series of questions and discuss these things. At the end, if we have time, we'll, we'll leave a little bit of room for you guys to ask any questions you have concerning what we're about to do. Um, do any of you know what Jesus talked about more than anything else? What subject did Jesus talk about more than anything else? Okay, you're not supposed to answer that. <laughs> Jesus talked about, the biggest subject Jesus talked about was the kingdom. The kingdom. And I think that when we think of the kingdom, we think of that which he's gone to prepare and um, that which we're going we're gonna to enter into someday what will, that will be eternal, it will be perfect, it will be uh, sin-free, uh, it will be glorious, and, and that is part of the kingdom. But when Jesus spent most of his time talking about the kingdom, he was talking about the reality of it now. There's a discussion that goes on in circles all the time of uh, what is the kingdom? Is it then or is it now? And the answer is yes. The kingdom is both now and not yet. And uh, Jesus talks about that a lot, more than anything else. And so we want to take, if you would, open your Bibles up to Matthew chapter 13. We're going to look at uh, two little parables that are really one, but um, just because we love parables so much here. Uh, Matthew chapter 13, verse 31 Jesus says this, it says, he put another parable before them saying, the kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his field. It is the smallest of all seeds, but when it has grown, it is larger than all garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and make nests in its branches. Verse 33 told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like leaven that a woman took and hidden three measures of flour till it was all leaven. We're going to kind of discuss this a little bit, so you're going to hear some some different things here. Uh, they'll probably all agree. What is Jesus communicating here? Let's just start with that, Chad. The uh, first thought that comes to my mind is that, you know, in 2 Corinthians 5, it tells us that it's God's plan, um, not plan, not a good idea, but his plan to make his appeal to the world through those of, who have been redeemed. And so as we think of that in the context of this parable, uh, that we see things that grow and things that grow kind of organically, the, the mustard seed grows, the, the leaven grows, uh, but it requires a little bit of work on, on the part of some people. And so as we think about, as David said, building out and not up, you know, seeing how far that we can reach, uh, we all play a role in seeing the footprint of the kingdom expand uh, here where God has placed us in South County. You're the MC. You're going to make up the rules. You know, when I thought about this, and I, I pictured eight years ago when we started as a very small thing, um, super insignificant, kind of not sure what was going to happen, kind of you know similar to what we're, we're doing now, and and to see what God has done. Uh, is exciting to think about that that as as he's grown this thing and and as our presence has become more noticeable i, I like the uh, the picture of this this little seed that grows into this big tree um it's something nobody can ignore 
Nobody can deny its presence. It's it's obvious. And, and I in some ways, that's kind of what's happened in this community now. Everybody kind of knows that we're here and they know what we're about. And, and it's exciting to think of, of continuing to do that. And I like the picture of, of each individual that's been saved, filled with his grace, filled with his Holy Spirit, kind of collectively coming together and being this beacon of light where we, where we, where we land. And so um, it's exciting to think about just, you know, just firing up another beacon of light in another area. Well, the, uh, the, there's a couple of things that strike me about this parable right away. One of them is that the, 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 the life that's in the kingdom, the life that's in the tree, was not the man's. It's something that he had in the seed. It's something that he was given, something that he had. But, but it was also something that he took and planted deliberately. Things don't just plant themselves. The, the man had, a, had, had faith that something was going to happen when he planted it. And he planted it. it was small, probably for a long time. Didn't look like much was going to happen, but it was happening uh, because that's what happens with life. And that's what happens with kingdom life. And so that's the promise we're going on is that this is God's life. Uh, we get opportunities to plant it. I like that. I kind of got into this a little farther than I should have last night. I, was, I started looking at this a bit. I love parables. I think they're great. But uh, I, I guess like the, the, the seed that's being referenced here is called a karba in the, um, in the Aramaic. And, and it is, uh, there's different mustard seeds. This is the smallest one. And this one was actually found naturally in uh, that area uh, where the Jews were in Israel. Um, and what the, what the word karba means literally is a particle. It's a particle. It's like one of the smallest things that you and I could could think of. It's completely insignificant. It's completely looked over and missed um, by anyone that would walk by it or hold it in its hand. It really uh, doesn't matter too much. And 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 yet, uh, of those seeds, just like the parable says, it's it's one of the. Uh, it produces. It it expands greater than any of the other uh, mustard seeds. This particle. And so I just thought that that was a that that's a neat picture of 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 Christ with his um, with his church. It's a neat picture of what the gospel does. And of course, the leaven, which we didn't speak to too much. I I consider them, uh, and I know this is controversial. Uh, basically, two and one. He's saying the same thing in another way, um, even though a lot of people disagree with that. But the word that comes to mind when I look at both of these is expansion. I mean, if I'm to wrap it up in one word, expansion is um, what what Christ is definitely promoting as far as what the kingdom is and does. So do you want to add to that at all, Chan? I, I think, you know, a thought that just occurred to me while you were talking that, that we see this idea that the, the sum is greater than the parts. And so if we think about just our collective efforts uh, and what God can do with our efforts don't amount to a whole lot, but what God can do with our efforts as we consider expanding the footprint of the kingdom, uh, the sum of that uh, at the end of the day is going to be greater than the parts. So, and this probably was kind of answered just now, but let's maybe, maybe, maybe it strikes something else. What are the implications of this parable? I, I'd already written down the necessity of kingdom expansion because that's the, the thought that I had too is expanding, but, but you also see just the impact, you know, you picture this little um, seed or the, the little bit of leaven and, and in a lot of ways that is representative of God's word going out or the gospel going out. And so you see this little, 
this little thing that goes out, you know, uh, maybe it's a conversation in a trailer with uh, with somebody you're camping with or whatever, and, and then it begins to just grow. It grows into the in the individual, and it grows corporately together. And it's just exciting to think about the power of God's word and what it does, and the power of the gospel. Uh, we just sometimes we take it for granted, I think, or we don't really think about how powerful it is and and the impact it can make. But it transforms the things that it touches. It it, it grows things that you know, where there was death before, there was no life at all. And all of a sudden there's life. And we have this message, you know, we have this, uh, you know, this, uh, this, uh, this thing in jars of clay, like it says, that will go out and wreck the territory that we're, we're in. And so it's just cool to think about what God's word can do and what the gospel can do. You want to add to that, Terry? Well, the, I think, you know, what you said at the beginning uh, should get our attention, and that is that everything that Jesus said, we need to pay attention to, a lot of attention to. And the things that he talked about the most, we need to pay more attention to. And uh, the kingdom of God is, is uh, and the kingdom of heaven is, uh, is a subject that he, um, that he was relentless about. Now, I think the other thing to mention about this, just, just, just to think about for a second, is that uh, the, these words about the birds of the air, it sounds a little strange, you know, about them coming and nesting and all this stuff. But if, if you look back in the Old Testament, I can't remember what chapter it is, but it's in Ezekiel. And um, 700 years or so before the time of Christ. And, and Israel was a wreck. We were talking today about how our society is a wreck. And God said through Ezekiel, I'm going to plant on this mountain and it's going to fill up you know, I'm going to plant this nation. It's going to fill. It's going to be a blessing to all the earth. And so, it's easy to get discouraged looking around, just like in Ezekiel's time. But guess what? The kingdom's coming, and nothing can stop it. And we get to be a part of it. So I, so I, I think about where that that the whole business about the birds of the air and the trees and all that stuff comes from. It comes from a time when things were really bad, with a promise. The things are going to get really good. Actually, Habakkuk 2.14, I wrote down in this because it's just so th- neat to think about what it says and w- that we get a part in this. For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. I love that thought. We need that. And, and just we get to play a, a small part in that. Terry talked about uh, intentionality a few minutes ago. And, and in these parables, you see that a man planted a seed and a woman hid some leaven. Um, you know, if you're here in the church to consume, you're in the wrong place. Uh, we're, we're all participants in what God is doing. And so I would just encourage you to consider your participation in this. What does it look like for you to plant a seed, to take some leaven for the greater purpose of seeing the footprint of the kingdom grow? So we, we definitely get this idea here, I think, just taking it at, at its most natural um, form of interpretation, taking these at face value, uh, everything that you guys said, that this is about uh, something Christ is doing that will not fail and will expand. It, it is going to grow. It's going to do everything that it's supposed to do. Uh, it's actually meant to grow when you look at what a seed does or when you look at what leaven does. Those things are meant to ex, uh, expand. Um, let's break this down maybe to a, a, a little, I don't know, Maybe we can articulate a little more personally what it is we're about to do as a result of seeing what we see uh, with uh, what Jesus teaches uh, that the church is about. And I hear a couple of these questions a lot, and we actually were 
shooting this around the other day at the table going, what are we going to do? And um, I think I think it was Chad that went on a string of whys, you know, why why mission, why church planting, why this, why that? Um, and and I think most of us have gotten those questions from maybe even some of you. And so um, maybe we'll go that way uh, with this. Uh, question number one, why split up the family? Any of you can jump on it. So, so I think uh, one of the th- things to do is, is we get uh, possessive. I have a friend that started a church in Chippenham, England, and um, he was – uh, I, I can't remember what it was, an email or a phone call or something like that. He was telling me that after three weeks, and they were setting up chairs in the gym or something like that, you know, kind of real happenstance. Uh, but they, it was like on the third week, uh, they decided to set the chairs up a different place. And somebody said, well, why are we doing that? And he said, well, what do you mean? He says, well, we've always done it the other way. <laughs> and so there's a certain amount of just kind of static comfort with the status quo that I think that... Uh, this pushes us or calls us out of. And the other thing is about the family. We tend to think of this as our family, and it is. But it's God's family, and there are members of that family that are called that aren't here yet. It's his family. And uh, the comfort we have with our family, the family that we know and see, um, needs to be expanded uh, with the understanding that that God has many souls that he is is going to call and is calling, and we get to be part of that process, but it's not just our family. Well, you know, I I think uh, the idea of of kind of hunkering down and and staying safe and saying, you know, that's, that's that's my wheelhouse right there. I like to, I said wheelhouse, Carrie. That's what I like to do. I like it. I like it where it's cozy and comfy and, and known and all those things. And, and that's what the door has become in a lot of ways um, here in Three Rivers. Uh, but the idea that if we just do that, we stay relatively small in size and an impact. And, and by spreading out and by stepping out in faith and, and, and doing something like this, the idea is that, that we do this expansion can mean that more people in other places you know, get to experience some of what we get to experience. And so, you know, there's a selfishness that I have where I don't want things to change. And I, I like to be together with my, you know, with my, my buddies and with the people that are going to be heading down there. But it, it really is about sacrifice and, but it's for, a, it's, it's, it's souls. I mean, it comes down to what are we willing to sacrifice for? And when I think about the difference between heaven and hell and what that means, it, it's, it's an easy choice to make at that point. I think my perspective is just a little bit different because for for the fellowship in Lapine, our family just grew, and so that's that's kind of cool for us, and and we're excited to see it continue to grow. Um, the church exists at least in part uh, for those who have yet to be a part of it, and it's important that we don't lose sight of that. It's easy for us, as Brent said, to just be comfortable and to consider this our our social club, um, but it's not. Um, the church exists for those who have yet. To be a part of it, and so that's an exciting thing. Um, one of my closest friends, his his mom, um, he's my age, and and so his mom is, is my parents' age, and in her mid sixties, uh, retired from a career of nursing and sold everything and moved to Uganda, Africa, uh, to help women who are being trafficked and to get them out of that kind of a life. And and I was talking to my buddy Kevin about it, and I just asked him like, how do you how do you feel about your mom moving around the world? Like you're not going to see her, right? They they lived in the same town, and his whole life, he's you know his mom has been there. 
And, and I just asked him one day, how do you, how do you feel about your mom being on their side of the world? And you're not going to be able to see her every day. And his comment was that we have eternity to be together. And, and just the perspective of that, this was several years ago, and that's just stuck with me, this idea that we have eternity being together. So why, why do we split up a family to see the kingdom expand? Because we have eternity to be together. Yeah, I, that's, that's definitely where my mind goes to, is that we have a short window um, in which to do everything that God has put us on this earth to do. I think of, um, specifically, this was the first verse that came to mind looking at this last night, was um, Matthew 9.35. Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every disease and every affliction. And when he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. And when you think of, a, you know, in farming terms and agricultural terms and harvest, um, harvest isn't something that you do all year round. Uh, there's a window. There's a definite time frame. Um, and, and I believe that, that, that our lives in a way, even though that's not exactly what it's saying, I think we can, it's okay for us to look at it that way, that we have a short time. You know, Hebrews chapter 11, we are aliens, we are foreigners, we are sojourners. Um, it, it, it is all the idea and the emphasis that um, this place isn't our home. We're looking for a kingdom that is in every way uh, better and different than this one. Now is the time uh, for us to work as, as we have a window uh, as we're as we're passing through, um, my problem is, and, and probably most of yours, is that we 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 want to make our home here, and and we want to settle in. We want to put down roots, even in the church. Um, we want to get comfortable, um, and it's just whenever I look at the words of of Christ and what I see in the Bible, I, I see I see the opposite. I see a window. I see a short time for each of us to uh, to go out um, and to labor while it's still day, because night's coming, and um, and yeah, we, we got a kingdom that's, um, that's just far better than this one. So, and other people need to hear about that kingdom and that's us. So, yeah. One other thing we've seen already, and, and it's really exciting is we believe God has gifted every person, um, and, and wants to use every person in the church. And kind of what's happened is we've gotten bigger is, is some people just don't know what to do. And we, as we've started this already, and we've formed this core team. We've got people that weren't really, you know, engaged now excited to be used. So they're having, they're going to have an opportunity to step up and be used. And as some of the people go, we're going to need some of the people that stay to step up and, and use your gifts and start to serve. And, and so it really is going to start to engage more people in kingdom work. And that's exciting, too. So, so one other thing. You should never ask a bunch of preachers, you know, what, what do you think about this thing or that thing? And it'll go on forever. So, um, and, and that is that uh, when we, if you consider the alternative of not pushing forward, it's not good. Um, Nancy and I just came back from a long trip, and we were able to visit uh, a church, the, the church that she, it was very precious to us that she was saved in 43 years ago. And uh, it was a group about this size. And uh, so we had not been back there together for a long, long time. And we, you know, knocked on the door and the church secretary let us in, you know, with the security stuff and all that stuff and found out, you know, when, and, and let us just kind of walk around. So what we found was a big, beautiful, beautiful building. I mean, it was, it, it's impressive. And so 
I asked at the time I, somebody that was I was a guy that was working on some audiovisual stuff. I said so. I said so. How many people are are are, are coming here now? What's the body life like here now? And he said, so oh, it's about 150. And it was bigger than that when we left. And I don't know what happened. I'm sure there's a story, but pushing on because the alternative of just staying and building and going up instead of out is not a pretty picture. So I think that's it certainly made an impression on me. Yeah, you want anything? You good? Should we go to the next one? Real quickly, I'm just going to say smaller can be better. Uh, when we started out, we were 40 people, 50, 60, 80. It was easier to keep track of everything and everybody. And so uh, there's something about uh, smaller that can be more effective. Statistically, church plants see more people saved um, than, than existing churches, too. So that's a good thing. And we want to grow by conversion. It's not that we don't want to grow and we don't want to keep it small, but we want it to be conversion. And then we want to see people um, going out and duplicating, multiplying um, out wherever, whatever that looks like, wherever that is, however that is, but not, not just huddling together, right? The holy huddle. So question number two, why are we partnering with another church? And, and anyone, and anyone can answer that. I said location, leadership, opportunity, and testimony. You can expand on those for sure. You know, again, the, the sum is greater than the parts. And so, you know, it's our thought that, that we can do more together than we can apart. And, you know, one thing that we've talked about through this process uh, is that, you know, churches don't have a reputation for coming together. Uh, they don't have a reputation for being unified. Churches have a reputation for splitting. Uh, and that's unfortunately and, and kind of rightfully earned. Uh, and so, you know, talk about testimony. What a cool testimony to the community that uh, that two neighboring churches can come together. And again, not to build up, but but to build out and to see the footprint of the kingdom expand. What a neat thing that is. Yeah, you and I had the opportunity weeks ago to go meet with a pastor in Lapine and tell him over breakfast what it is we were doing. And I think you said that we both kind of saw his jaw hit the ground. And he, and, and he said, this is weird. He said, nobody, nobody does this. And it was like, you're right, you know. And so, like, maybe we should reverse that trend, you know, and start seeing the, seeing the church come together over the gospel. Terry, you want to add to that? I love. I really like, 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 uh, and you guys know this right now. Acts 13. We just got done going through Acts chapter 13. We got a group of these dudes that show up in Antioch, a new place. They start sharing the gospel, and people by the multitudes start getting saved. These guys don't know what to do with them, and so Jerusalem gets word of it and sends one of their best guys, which was Barnabas, right in to handle that. And then more people got saved, and Barnabas didn't know what to do, so he calls for for Paul. And the point is that you see, uh, you, you don't see this is mine, that's yours, deal with it. Uh, you see networking, you see love, you see the church back, you know, having the churches back, you know, no matter where it's at. So we, I, I think it can help for us to just see where God's currently doing something in our region and say that's where we need to put our time, resources, people. Um, doesn't mean we neglect what, what where we're already stationed, but I, I think that we could see, um, the kingdom become way more dangerous or loud or however you want to say it. If the church started thinking that way, looks like God's moving in this right now. How can we help? Looks like he's moving over here right now. How can we help? So, yeah. That, Terry, I know you want to say. Oh, oh I was, uh, I can let you go. Uh, 
I, you guys probably know this already, but we've uh, David and I have known Chad, and he's known us for yeah. over five years now. And, and we uh, we've always just got each other. Uh, this isn't new to us. There's already trust developed. There's already we know each other really well. And so th- for this opportunity to finally present itself was kind of like a lot of years of praying. How can we do this together? How can we be together? And Terry's known Chad for probably six months or a year or something like that. And and but there's just this this um, like mindedness, this fit. You know, when you find one, somebody as weird as you and and it's like, hey, this is this is good. Uh, that's kind of what we found in each other. So it, it really is exciting to, to think that we can do we can be better together than we were apart. And we're already seeing that happen. It's it's neat how we fill each other in, you know, together, you know, being the Lone Ranger kind of guy doesn't appeal to any of us very much. But having guys flanking you and, and making you, you know, the stuff that these guys are gifted in, I'm not necessarily gifted in. And so so, you know, we used to say between the three of us, we make one decent pastor. Now we can say between the four of us, we make one decent pastor, which is pretty cool. So just uh, um, one other thing, when Brent was talking about like-mindedness, the thing that has uh, struck me, uh, although I have known Chad a, a shorter time than the rest, is uh, from the conversations I've had with Brent and David and Chad, is that uh, there's not a like-mindedness about just some, you know, getting along, but there is a there's buy-in at the same level about the priority of what we're talking about here today, and that is the kingdom. And that the gospel is the, uh, the 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 thing that we need to lead with, and that that is the priority of all that we do, because when when people come together, it doesn't matter if it's three or four, or whatever. Uh, there's agendas, um, and sometimes you see them, and sometimes you don't. But uh, I've been around this long enough to know now that uh, that the that the the kingdom and seeing the kingdom advance, the very thing that we're talking about, the thing that Jesus was talking about today, uh, is the priority that, that we're going forward with. That's the thing that we can lock arms on and we know um, that we're on the same page about. And that's huge. So in closing for us, I want you to speak to the Piper quote. John Piper once said, mission exists because worship does not. You want to you want to speak to that first? <clears throat> what what Piper is talking about in that in that quote is that there there are people in the world that do not yet worship God, and because that's true, there's a mission that the church has been given, and it's unique to the church. Um, the Elks Club, the Rotary, the Kiwanis—they don't have that mission as, as good of work as they do in other places in the community. The church uniquely has a mission to foster the worship of God. And there's going to come a day, uh, he goes on to say, when the mission will cease to exist. Philippians talks about that there's going to be a day when, when every knee will bow and every tongue confess, whether, whether willingly or unwillingly, that Jesus Christ is Lord. And in that moment, the mission will be over. So like David said earlier, like we have a limited window of time here, limited opportunity, because it's going to end one day. And it's important that we as the church remember that and realize that we have a responsibility and obligation, a duty that we willingly and joyfully take on uh, to help foster the worship of God, whether across the street or across an ocean uh, or anywhere and everywhere in between. That was good, right? We'll just put a period on it. Okay. Um, Are there any questions that you guys have right now for us concerning what we're about to do and the church plant or any of it put your hand up if you got one if not nice yeah so the question actually i think you spoke really well occasional joint services so one of the things that we're excited for 
is to do as much together as we possibly can. We believe that this isn't two separate churches. We're more looking at this as one church in two separate locations. Does that make sense? So there's things that are going to be reasonable for us to do together, and there's things that are going to be difficult for us to do together. We're going to try to take every opportunity to do the reasonable things together. I, uh, once or, or, or twice a year, if we can, I think a joint service would be awesome. One of the cool things is we're going to meet at the community center in Lapine is where the Lapine location will be in the gymnasium. They have an outdoor area. It's a humongous grass field with a stage and everything. And wouldn't you know, Pastor Chad has access to that. And like, and like we could pack hundreds of people in there if, if into this, this grass area. So not only an outdoor public service, but being able to pull, uh, both locations together and maybe even some other churches in Lapine together for joint services, like just blow the thing out. So yes. Real good question. What, do, what do, we, we, do we look like we would? Uh, we're the kind of guys that could. Yeah. Now we're we're, is, we're as soft as we look. <laughs> um, I, you know, we do want people to to plug into a local community, uh, you know, um, and be accountable to that church. But it's totally okay to to go and visit, and you know, we hope people will come this way and visit us, and that we can go that way and visit them. We 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 do want there to be this kind of a joint family uh, atmosphere between the two locations. No, no, no. Uh, this, this is kind of just a special thing today. This is our commissioning service and, uh, no, we're off and running next week with, um, you, you, I'm stuck with you and you're stuck with me next week. So. Actually, if, if, uh, you're part of the Lapine group and you haven't been to the, the core team meetings on Wednesday night, this Wednesday night's going to be an important one because it is going to be somewhat dividing out, you know, the responsibilities, how, you know, uh, a, a trial run even. So if you, if you want to, you know, find a place to, to jump in and serve and, and be, you know, more of a part of it. Please come 6.30 at... Uh, yeah, 6.30 at, at Calvary at Chapel or the Door Lapine. doesn't have the new signs up yet, but it'll be Door Lapine. But but Wednesday night, we, we, we want you to know also that if you want to come to that, like we only want you to come if you have an intention on being a part of the core group. Because Wednesday night's real important where we start figuring out where people are going to man their spots on the battleship. And so if there's a bunch of people that show up because they're curious, but they, they're not going to be there on Sundays, that's not going to help us. So There are no spectator seats. <laughs> Anyone else? Anything else? All right, what we're going to do at this point, if you're part of that lapine plant that's going down, we would like to embarrass you by asking you to come up here. While they're coming up, though, real quick, just whether you're staying or going, uh, your support in this matters greatly. Uh, your prayer support for what's going on, the financial support, this is going to cost, you know, extra to do all this stuff. So so I hope that you guys all buy in, and, and really the prayer support is what we desperately need. So, And we're going to pray for these guys now. Yeah, let's have everyone just kind of – everyone can pile in here. You can – even if you're turning your backs to everybody else. All right, they're coming. They're getting – Look at this motley crew. <laughs> This is a scary looking this motley crew fits right in, right? <laughs> yeah. Just almost, we're almost there. Now, check out the seats that we get to invite new people to. That's also. right. Yeah. We're that's emptying seats cool. for you guys to be on mission. Yeah. Okay, I think that's most of them. Now, the rest of you can come up around this group and put hands on them. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Father. Um, what a privilege it is to be used of you. What a privilege it is to, to have the opportunity to make your great name known, to make 
your son known. We are grateful, Lord, for the person of Jesus Christ, that as sinners, we we have no hope apart from him. And you and your love and your kindness and your mercy sent your son to die in the place of people like us. We thank you, Lord, that we're the recipients of grace, that by trusting in, in the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we can have life and we can have a relationship with you. And then we can take that to every one that will listen to us. And so, Father, as we prepare for this and as we um, get ready to send out this group and into uh, a little bit of an unknown territory, I know that there's been a group down there for a long time. We're thankful for the hours that they put in and for the, the days and the years that they put in. But, Lord, we're looking forward to um, just something amazing from your hand. And so we ask, Lord, in faith, do something amazing through this group, we pray. And, and may we see more and more people come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And may you continue to grow us together as one unit, as one body. Um, keep the enemy from us, Lord. And, and again, um, magnify the work of Christ through us, we ask in Jesus' name. Father, we're thankful today. Um... First and foremost, that you love us. We're thankful that you have called us into fellowship with you and fellowship to one another. Uh, we're thankful for the unifying work that you have done and that you'll continue to do. Uh, and we're thankful for division, and it would be our prayer that the division of, of a fellowship would lead to the multiplication of more uh, as we see your kingdom footprint expand here in our area. Uh, we're not doing this so that we can earn a name or earn a reputation, but we're doing this so your name and your reputation can be uh, known among people that have yet to know you. And so we pray today in faith uh, and just ask that through our feeble efforts that you would cause people to come to know Christ that don't now uh, know who Christ is. We pray that we would be able to give many reports of people coming to faith in Christ because of what we do. And so, Father, take our uh, our feeble work, our ability to, to plant the smallest of the small seeds uh, and that we would see that grow uh, and see incredible fruit of people coming to know Christ. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Amen.